Hello everyone, welcome to Breaking Ground, Real Estate Insights from Eisner Amper. I'm Donna Flaris, a Senior Manager in the Real Estate Audit Department. With me, I have Darren Griffith, a Director in the Real Estate Business Development Group, and Tim Schuster, a Senior Manager in the Private Business Services Group. Today, we're gonna to talk about COVID-19 and the flight to the burbs, part two. Guys, it's nice to have you here with me today. Great to be with you, Donna. Thanks again. Excited to talk about this subject a little bit more this time around. Let me tell you, it's always fun being with you guys. Good to see you both. Good to see you. So Darren, last time we really focused on the residential. I think we're going to start with the office this time. Would you like to give us some of your thoughts on the trends and stuff that we're seeing? Yeah. So, you know, as I talk to people on a regular basis, I think we, we forget as we move to the suburbs, we're also moving, we potentially could be moving some of of the office space to the suburbs as well. And I was, prior to this call, I was doing a little bit of research and I was kind of looking to see what people were actually doing. You know, I've heard a lot of people talking about taking space in the suburbs, et cetera. But, you know, there hasn't been really concrete information on that. But with that being said, I did find some larger corporations that are are trying to at least sublease or get rid of some of their space, whether it's completely declining their space or, or, or reducing their space, or if it's just a matter of getting rid of that space and then kind of substituting that out for space in the suburbs. A couple of employers, larger ones that we might think of out in Chicago, Career Builder, for example, they're trying to sublease 85,000 square feet. Uh, you have Groupon, they're trying to sublease 150,000 square feet. So regardless of if they are moving to the suburbs or not, these large employers, and, and again, there's a list that goes on and on of, of these employers, are getting rid of a significant amount of city space. I assume, and you know, Tim can dive into this as well, but I assume that a ton of them will be taking some sort of space in the suburbs. I don't think that it's going to be significant because we have to find out where that happy, happy medium is as far as working from home versus working from suburbs. But I think that's an interesting dynamic that's going to come up as we try to start to get back into a regular work schedule. You know, Darren, that, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. And it, what's what's interesting about that too, right, especially from an employer perspective, it's almost like thinking, where are my employees going to wind up, right? So, you know, there's there's this concept there where you almost have to rethink where to live. And it, it's there's an interesting trend, actually, I, we just read in the New York Times recently. It was reported that this was the first time since the tech crash of 2000 that housing vacancies in San Francisco are skyrocketing and rents on one-bedroom apartments are down by 11%. Like, that's those are kind of crazy statistics when you think about it. And a lot of these folks who are leaving the cities and, you know, someone who's considering this myself, there's some added costs that people I don't think are actually thinking about, right? So as people are really rethinking this and they're thinking about their wherewithal and their capacity that, hey, you know, maybe I don't have to be in the city. Maybe I can be in the suburbs. Do I even have to even stay in the state where my employer is? That's a legitimate question. So just some things to keep in mind if people are actually thinking about leaving the city is, hey, you may not have ever had a car before. Now you need a car. You know, now you might actually have some other additional expenses that you're going to be incurring by living in the suburbs as opposed to not. Lawn care, things that people never thought about, right? You know, you never, you're in the concrete jungle. Now you're out in the suburbs. You, you might have to take care of your lawns. So that's just something to consider. But the one thing to keep in mind too, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this is some tax impacts, right? So I actually recorded a podcast on this recently about the state and local impacts of, of people moving to different jurisdictions or, or different states are actually kind of uh, getting their job done in a different location 
education than they normally do. Just two things I want to just bring to the listeners' attentions. One is uh, Nexus presence. If you are in a different state from where your job is employed, there might be some withholding issues to consider. And the other aspect is from a business perspective, if your employees are in different locations, filing thresholds for income tax compliance is relatively low. So I go more in depth on this in a different podcast, but just something for the listeners to you know kind of think about as you're thinking about potentially spreading to a different location. You know, hey, Darren, I just want to ask you a question, actually. So what are you seeing in some of the updated trends right now for our listeners to think about? Well, as, as you talk about increased cost as far as moving to the suburbs and things that people need to account for, I think people need to also account for everybody else thinking the same exact way, right? You know, there are a lot of people who are having this consideration. I think, you know, I've read a, a couple of articles on this and, and a few have said that there's between 25% or 21% and 30% of people are considering a move. And that's, that's a significant amount of population. Now, obviously not that many people are going to move, but there's a significant amount. You know, there's, there's a lot of people. And so with that being said, you know, in a place like, for example, New Jersey, or maybe the, even the suburbs of San Francisco or suburbs of most cities, a lot of them, you know, a lot of, you know, just because, you know, mortgage rates are relatively low, there wasn't a lot of inventory in the first place. And I think, you know, that has driven prices up significantly. I was speaking to a, a friend of mine. He's a, he's a, a real estate broker down in the, um, I'll call it South Jersey area, just the suburbs of Philadelphia. And he had mentioned to me, he's like, well, one, you know, a lot of the Philadelphia city dwellers, if you will, are moving to the Jersey Shore, right? And, and he's seen a, a big trend in that. And that's something that we didn't cover the last time we came around on podcast. He was mentioning one of these, I guess, this is one of the more absurd things that I've heard. He had mentioned that he had a sale uh, where the list price of the property was somewhere a little over $700,000 and it sold for $900,000. So that's, that's $200,000 over list. And he said that most of the listings that he's been seeing are selling somewhere between 30 and 50,000 above list price. And that's the average, you know? Um, so you have to account for that as well Is like, when you step out of the market, you might think you're spending X amount of dollars for the property and you might be spending a hundred thousand dollars more than you thought you were going to. Um, and obviously that there's additional mortgage costs, but with that being said, kind of going back to, yeah, how I started this conversation, Mortgage rates are low right now. It's, 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 it's giving people more and more incentives to not only move to the suburbs, but spend a little bit more when they move to the suburbs, right? So, so you have that too. And I think, like I said, in, in the short term, I think that demand is going to continue to stay high. I, I totally agree. And honestly, even if you're not considering moving, I think this is something our listeners really should be considering. When was the last time you even thought about doing a refinance, right? So, I mean, th this is actually a good opportunity. Even if you're not thinking of moving, you should actually seriously consider refinancing your, your mortgage because of that point, right? I don't know if the rates are going to go any lower than they are. I mean, it's pretty much rock bottom at this point. But there's something here that even people who aren't considering moving really should be taking advantage of. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. And, you know, before we kind of close out this podcast, you know, Darren, do you have any last parting words for our listeners today? I would say do your research and be aggressive. <laughs> you know, if, if, you're, if your intent is to, to move, do your research and make sure, you know, make sure you're getting the best bet. I think on the commercial side, you know, we're, we're not seeing as much activity. We're not seeing the large increases of rental rates in the suburbs the same way that we're seeing them, you know, on the you know, sales side of residential 
take a look and understand the marketplace and understand what's going on there and just make sure that you're you're making a best decision when you're choosing to make that move whether it's on the on the business side or or on the residential side where you're where you're living no that that makes complete sense you know the one one thing actually that i want to just bring to the listeners attention before we close out our podcast and something to consider too that's not usually part of the dialogue is you know there is always a group that loses out right during a housing surge especially what's going on right now and low-income families right that are in those areas might start to see a spike in their rents or you know even a potential homelessness increase i mean other than the fact that COVID is kind of spurring this whole process just in of itself but i think something that's actually going to be part of the conversation and something we can even dive into in a later series is you know affordable housing units you know that's going to be something that has to be a part of this conversation especially as we're going through this new changes and the variety that things that could be transpiring that really is something that actually needs to be part of the dialogue and there potentially could be some opportunities there for other developers to maybe even have these uh, options for other people too um, but just something I want to you know kind of bring to the listeners attention and let me tell you Darren it, it's it's a pleasure as always uh, <laughs> recording shows with you my friend I'm looking forward to uh, doing the next one with you, hopefully relatively soon. You as well, Tim. I had an pl- absolute pleasure. <laughs> My, me too as well, buddy. Well, thank you, Darren and Tim. Your insight into this trend is great. I think, Tim, you might have given the next topic with the affordable housing right there yeah. for you guys to chat on again. And I think you guys brought up some great points. I'm definitely seeing it, you know, personally, family, friends, colleagues, people are moving, people are buying, people are refinancing. So Very interesting to see, you know, we're five months into this working from home and we'll see where it goes in the next few months. Thank you for listening to Breaking Ground and please visit EisnerAmper.com for more news as well as Tim's other podcast that covers some of the tax implications mentioned.